Hello and welcome to the first episode of Little Steps Big Futures the podcast. I am Eva Murphy. I am Jenny McCarthy. We are here to discuss all things early years, including tips for parents, guardians and early years educators, controversial topics and some special guests along the way. Let's get started. Hi Eva, how are you? Good, Jenny. How are you doing today? Good, good. It's good to have the re- weekend now to rest after a small bit of a hectic week back. But I know. How was your first week back? Uh, not too bad. Um, I suppose one thing I noticed and that I was telling the parents a lot was that, you know, kids are very adaptable. So, I mean, once they're happy and once we keep things as normal as possible for them, you know, it's, it's great to see the place back and full again. I know, um, I know, I'm missing all my old class that I used to be in last year. For anyone who doesn't know, I recently moved to Washington, D.C. So it's Labor Day weekend, so we'll probably be doing some, uh, some cool outdoor activities this week to end the summer. Very good, very good. And are you missing the kind of, I suppose, stress and kind of uh, hectic lifestyle of, of working in childcare? Or are you... Uh, yeah, you would miss it. You'd miss it now, especially when all the girls are texting you and they're telling you what classes they've gone into and what age groups they have. And you just kind of miss all the planning and meeting the new kids and meeting the new parents and even just training up the new staff. Like it was just always such a buzz at the start of September. I suppose on the stressful days, they're the ones that you probably don't miss as much. <laughs> yeah, I suppose like there's pros and cons to everything. So Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's kind of, I suppose, when you said there that you had um, kind of recently moved to Washington, that's kind of for anyone who doesn't know, and um, that's the link between myself and Aoife. So Aoife has recently moved um, to Washington and she should have gotten married to my brother last weekend. Yep. Um, but obviously with the coronavirus and everything that was postponed. So that's kind of how we met each other, I suppose, how many years ago now? Um nine and a half years ago be around the 10 year mark when we get married next year in 2021 yeah so you're kind of already part of the family I guess (laughs) I've been initiated already plenty of times (laughs) exactly exactly so um yeah I suppose that was kind of our first link and then the second link um with the two of us being you know childcare practitioners that's kind of where we where we started off with the Instagram page and how we ended up just with the idea and getting setting up together you know yeah, so we decided to set up the Instagram page first and then we saw there was a like a gap in the market, I suppose, for a podcast that would discuss not kind of like everything rosy to do with childcare. We kind of wanted to delve into the topics that are more controversial, I guess, maybe something around the wages, about the inspections or even the harder topics like, you know, a bereavement in the family. So we hope we can um, deliver. Exactly, yeah. Like I suppose... There is a small bit of, like, I suppose you have great communications with parents and with staff and everything, you know, and I suppose the curriculum kind of outlines the importance of that. But sometimes the kind of tougher topics are kind of, I suppose, pushed under the carpet a small bit, if I'm sure you'd agree with that, you know. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot of controversial topics and a lot of them we'll be hopefully covering over the next few weeks. And um hopefully getting a few guests on as well um, to discuss, you know, because obviously we're not experts in <laughs> in um, some of those fields as well. So it'd be good to get some kind of expert advice or 
their thoughts on it as well. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, we'll be covering, um, you know, nutrition. Maybe we'll do something to do with behavioral therapies or psychology, something along those lines as well. But like, like Jenny said, we're not experts. So if anyone has any questions or topics that they would like to send us um, a message in to the Instagram, I suppose, is the easiest place that we'll see it. So at Little Steps Big Futures, if you want to send us a message with some topics you'd like us to cover over the next few weeks, we'd be happy to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose just going back to that with the controversial topics, you know, like a lot of times it's like definitely the gap need to be, needs to be bridged between kind of the parents and the practitioners. And, you know, there is a lot of things that are kind of gone unsaid um, or kind of, you know, not dealt with. Um, and I suppose sometimes it's out of, you know, parents just don't want to be asking too many questions or else practitioners might kind of feel a bit awkward you know there is some kind of topics that come up um with kind of mixing the home and the school school life together um which can be just a bit difficult I suppose so that's why I'd like if to kind of open up those conversations and for parents and practitioners to get both sides of the story you know and yeah it might be easier then everything in the home life affects um, the life in the preschool or in the daycare or the creche. So if the practitioner doesn't know what's going on behind the scenes, it'll be kind of hard to manage their behavior um, in school. So it's important to kind of tell your practitioner or your teacher, you know, in confidence, they don't have to share it with the whole um, staff that um, if something is going on, maybe there's a separation or bereavement or I don't know, it could be anything that would affect the life of your preschooler so it is important just to bridge that gap and have that open communication between parents guardians and your even just your manager of the service if you don't want to tell the, the staff member yeah. and like it's, it's funny because I don't know you've probably had this as well but the amount of um days that you know I suppose we get to know the children so much and their families so you know like you could have a child come in and they could have just been off for them all day or had a bad morning and, you know, the evening when you're meeting the parent, you say, God, you know, they were very off form today. They weren't themselves. And the mom might turn around and say, we actually, you know what? I was, we were so stressed going out the door this morning and we had a bit of an argument and it kind of set the day off wrong. And, you know, those little things are so important yeah. for us to even kind of know because, you know, and like we're not, you know, like we have those stories all the time coming into us. So, you know, it's not that it's you're the only one who can't get them out in the morning without you know an argument or whichever you know every family is the same so yeah and it goes both ways too like the practitioner could have had a fight that morning with their other half or something in their home life and they might be off form in the morning talking to you so it's definitely important just to you know kind of be open and communicate with the parents and the practitioners and in child too that's important exactly exactly so if if you um you know, I suppose a little bit of your background in childcare, um, I suppose, how did you get into it or if you want to start with that? Yeah, so I suppose like many um, 15, 16 year olds, I had no idea what I wanted to do in college. Um, when I was average enough in school, I would say, I wasn't like in the A, in the a class, but I was somewhere around the middle. Um, and I really, really enjoyed home economics. And I think from third year on, I really wanted to pursue a career as, I don't know, maybe a home economics teacher. That was kind of what I was thinking yeah. until I found out that the home economics school is in Sligo. So, <laughs> <laughs> and for me, 
I just couldn't face, I was all, I was very introverted anyway. And I just think it wouldn't have been a good idea for me to, um, to go up to Sligo and with nobody else around and having to get the bus into the city every day. So once I kind of figured that out, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know now what else I'd be good enough at. Do you know, when you're a teenager, you just don't feel yeah, it's like... It's very hard to know. You just don't know. And um, my mom would have been a childminder for a good few years. Um, so we would have grown up with children in our house since I was maybe nine or ten. Um, okay. All through my teenager, she would have taken care of, you know, old school days where you had, you just had a childminder in your house. And she just said, like, you're great with the children. You know, you do help me around the house. Why wouldn't you go into childcare? So that's basically how I kind of got into it. I looked, I just looked at where the courses were. Cork was the closest to home and yeah. uh, picked Cork and just decided to go down that career. So that's basically how I got into childcare and haven't so, looked back since. And you would have spent, your, your course in Cork was three years. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, so my, I, and I went to college in 2011. And I think it had just changed from four years that year to three years. So it would have been the early years in childhood studies in UCC. Um, yeah, so it was a three years course. And then I graduated in... Very good, very good. Yeah, and did you go kind of straight into working? Or, you know, did you kind of get... A job straight away after graduating? Yeah so um, I suppose as you mentioned earlier Shane was also in Cork at the time so I kind of stayed around while he was finishing out his last year. And Shane I, is my brother by the way and <laughs> I don't think we mentioned the name earlier. Oh. So just <laughs> my other half and Jenny's brother Shane. Um, yeah I followed yeah. boy typically um, but he was still doing his final yeah. year in college so I decided to stay in Cork and get a job there. And then Shay decided to move to Boston and I was very lonely <laughs> in Cork all by myself. So yeah. I decided to go over on a J1 for the summer and loved it over in Boston. But then I came back and started working in Cork. Yeah, I said that backwards, actually. I, I went on the J1 straight after college and then I started working in Cork um, for a couple of months. Okay. Until I moved home. I think I moved home around August because that's when Jane decided he was going moving to um, the US indefinitely at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big, a big change. So when you were going in working first, were you with a particular age group or were you kind of relief staff or, you know, what was your position in the room or in the crash? Yeah, so I, I started pretty much at the bottom, you know, came in as relief staff and then just worked my way up. Um, within two, three weeks, they were looking for a new room leader. So I kind of put myself forward because if you don't put yourself forward kind of in the childcare sector, you know, you might never get up there. So I just said, course, look, yeah. give me a chance and I'll do it. And I had the level eight then. So I kind of had, even though the other girls would have had more experience that's just how it goes when, they, when you have a level eight, you put them up as a room leader. And that's, that's one of the topics we'll probably talk about. And as I said, like we will be covering it, so I don't want to delve into yeah. it too much. But I suppose like I often have this conversation, um, you know, in, in work. I mean, you could have an amazing level five um, and you could have someone who has a level eight who is um, not so amazing, let's just yeah. say. You know, so it's, it is very unfair, you know, and there's, it's, it's just definitely a topic that 
is on, you know, you could talk about for days, but look, we, we can cover that at a, at a different stage. Yeah, no, and that's why I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like putting them down because they don't have that level eight, but that's just with, that's the level I qualified at. And because of that, I was put as the room leader ahead of the girl who'd been there for five, six years. And being new to the crash and then being room leader, she wasn't too happy with me in the room so again that's that's another topic we can cover but um yeah I I, I didn't work there very long just a couple of months until I moved home then and I got a job closer to home so we are originally from Killarney so I got a job in Killarney and I am always going back to them every time I am back in (laughs) Ireland (laughs) they're so good to me and they take me back every single time but I started off then in my job in Killarney in the baby room and I loved that age group. So we had four months to a year. And then September was kind of coming up and everyone kind of was changing rooms in September. So I was, I ended up in the Wobbler room then. You say kind of rotate staff or was it the same staff in the same room? Um, every two years they would have changed up the staff so that everyone had different experiences and you could work with each okay. age group. Um, but then of course that level eight, you know, that the, the higher capitation came in and all the level eights then were put into the ECCE room. So it's kind of harder yeah. to rotate staff now, but that's just how it goes. But um, yeah, and then after that, I was working in the preschool room. So I had a preschool all to myself. It was just me and 11 children. Um, and that was, that was really nice. It could get a bit lonely at, at times, but yeah, it was quite a chilled room. You know, the, the children were very calm and they were, they were just relaxed and that was enjoyable. And then I moved Very to Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. But you have yet to um, work in the U.S. in the childcare system. Yeah. So um, I've been kind of back and forth now for five years and I haven't really committed to moving co- over here fully until this year with the lockdown. And we kind of had a big conversation about whether we we're going to kind of settle down over here or settle down in Ireland. So we decided that Washington, D.C. would kind of be our home base now for maybe five, five or six years, hopefully less, if I can convince Shane. Yeah. But um, <laughs> probably after the wedding now, I'll start interviewing over here and getting to know the childcare system in the US and hopefully get a job, possibly start in like a daycare over here, as they call it, as a managerial level, because my most recent job was um, working in Anina in Killarney, part of the company I was working for before. Um, and that was based in a school and it was lovely. I really enjoyed that. And I was managing that day to day. So, you know, building up your experience. It doesn't take too long in childcare. You can build up your experiences yeah. quite easily if you're interested in doing that. And kind of, I suppose, putting your neck out a bit, you know, and just kind of yeah. saying, look, the worst that can happen is they say no. And, you know. Um, yeah, but I think especially when you're a manager too, like it is really hard to confront people and, I don't mean confront people aggressively, but you have people who come to you, staff or parents who, who think they're completely in the right. And you kind of have to be able to have the confidence to stand up for your, your staff and your service and say, well, this is actually what happened or this is how we do it here. I didn't have that until I started working in the Ninra back in September. So I've definitely grown a lot since yeah. I started working there. <laughs> Even talking on this podcast now, this wouldn't have happened last year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you kind of, you, you find your own voice, I guess. 
Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about you and how and what about your journey into childcare? Um, so I, um, I suppose just how I kind of ended up in childcare, I suppose a bit similar to your situation, only I didn't have, um, as you said, you had home economics kind of picked out. I didn't really have anything in, in mind. Um, I suppose underestimate, underestimated myself a small bit on what I could potentially have gotten. You know, again, with that, I... It's, I, there was nothing that I actually wanted or knew what I wanted, you know, which is, it, it's tough um, to kind of pick something in some area that you don't know anything about, you know. So I suppose where it came for me was um, I did a lot of gymnastics coaching and when I was going through secondary school. So maybe from first, second year up, I used to help out in the evenings and the weekends. So I suppose that's where the link with the kind of children came in and you know helping like you know you'd help them get new skills and new moves and all of that and kind of motivate them um so that was the only kind of area that I had any interest in so that's kind of where the childcare came up and then I suppose started just I said look I can at least I can do childcare and um I know that I like working with children so I suppose when you're picking your course at that age you don't think about kind of the financial side of things yeah. or you know, it being an actual, you know, paying the bills or <laughs> anything like that. You just kind of, oh, I want to be happy in my job or, you know, whichever else. So that's kind of where it came about. And I remember, um, you know, having a conversation with my mom and saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do childcare. And she, <laughs> I don't really know, like my brother would have been very academic. So, you know, I don't know how well. And, you know, nothing that, she didn't have anything against childcare or anything, but I suppose she didn't really even know the sector, you know, because it has just kind of come up so much in the years. So she was really pushing nursing and she wanted me to do nursing and I wasn't having any of it. So I started looking up courses and I had a few um, friends from school that were going to Mary Eye as well. So looked up the course Mary Eye, it was four years. And yeah, just applied and got it um, and started. So I graduated from there in 2017. So in I had mine was four years, um, but in my fourth year I did a semester of off-campus placement. So I was at home for a whole semester, um, and then I suppose I graduated, um, and I didn't go straight in. Um, I think I graduated, so it would have been kind of the October time, and I suppose I did. Sorry, I suppose it was November then when I kind of got a job, but it was it was here you know it was all over the place I mean I did a few hours kind of um, in the morning 9 to 12 to cover and then I was released off somewhere else so it was a lot of pulling and dragging until you actually a full-time position came up mm -hmm. so um, I was just a childcare um, assistant in the room and then an AIMS job came up so I applied for that and I got it so I did AIMS in the morning from 9 to 12 and then I did AIMS in the evening as well just for, for anyone who doesn't know AIMS is um action and inclusion model and that we'll definitely be delving into that topic in more detail in the future. Yeah definitely so um, I suppose it was you know it was great I loved that um, I was in um, a community crash and you know I suppose you just kind of got to deal with situations that I have never come across before um, you know so it was just it was really interesting and I just loved it I think you get, like I know with the AIMS model, you are just kind of an extra pair of hands in the room, but you do get attached to the child as well that you're kind of, you know, um, 
put in the room to, to kind of support. Yeah. And I suppose that depends as well on the severity of, of their needs. So yeah, I, I love that. And I was working there for a year. Um, and just kind of had no, no, um, wasn't going to move jobs. And I just said, you know, if it would be great to get kind of a supervisor or a manager role somewhere. So had a half in mind as well about moving from, from Killarney and moving to Limerick. Um, so started looking up jobs and just kind of came across this job and Limerick manager role. And, you know, I kind of applied and put away the laptop and didn't, to be honest, didn't think I was going to get it. Didn't even think I was going to get a phone call. Yeah. And anyway, got a phone call. Um, I remember I actually didn't answer the number because I knew who it was and I just panicked yeah. and was so nervous um, because I was kind of in my own head thinking, you know, I haven't enough experience for this or, you know, you start to really doubt yourself. Yeah. So I said, you know, anyway, I had to cut myself on and um, rang her back. And yeah, I just went through a few um, questions and she asked me for an interview. So I went up and interviewed and was offered the job. So I'd be there now um, two years in October. So that was kind of my swift move, moving through it. Um, but as I said, it's just kind of looking out for opportunities and, you know, kind of just going for them. I mean, I would have been kind of happy enough to stay where I was at the time for another yeah. year or, you know, it's just that this opportunity came up and I said, look, I'll go for it and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and took it. So that was kind of my, you know, that's, that's been my kind of journey through, through childcare. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I actually, you know, come to think of it, um, I suppose I've had kind of, I have never been a room leader in a room or, you know, I know you kind of help out other room leaders um, and all of that, but I've never actually, <laughs> you know, been in a specific room as a room leader or anything. It's always been as a names worker, or, you know, whatever else. So I suppose, yeah. you know, everyone's experience is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And some people are quite happy just, you know, doing their day-to-day -day job as their room leader or just as a childcare assistant and, that's okay too. Or it might be a case that they just, they have anxiety and they just don't think that they'd be right for the job. Exactly. And like you and what your journey is. Yeah. And I suppose, um, I mean, I look at the girls and work sometimes and, you know, I kind of think, um, God, I like, they're just doing such a good job or, you know, you might come in and see them doing an activity and you say, I wouldn't even have taught that. Or, you know, they just do such a good job that maybe I couldn't even do, you know, it's, mm -hmm everyone kind of excels in, in some part of it. So I just suppose no matter what level of your experience, you're going to be valuable in, in some room. And it's the same with, with staff. I mean, now in our crash, we don't um, kind of rotate staff every two years. Um, I suppose we've had a bit of an issue um, with, with staffing in a sense of not being able to get staff yeah. um, even before um, coronavirus. I suppose I like I just say to the girls, you know, some girls love being in the baby room and then some girls say, God, I couldn't even go near the baby yeah. room, you know, so everyone is everyone is different and has their own kind of perspective on it. But we probably knew that we wanted more for a long term, you know, like for us staying in a room forever probably wasn't sustainable. Just just for the two, like the kind of people that we are, we kind of wanted to move forward and move upwards. Of and course, yeah. even since the lockdown happened I've been doing a lot of um uh, continued professional development courses and went and looked at one into at trauma and kind of something clicked with me then that 
maybe I'd want to pursue something in play therapy. So that's what I've been doing kind of this summer is looking into how can I get into a course over here and maybe in Ireland, an online course to see if I could actually qualify as a play therapist. So that's, that's the goal in my future for the next couple of years is trying to gain my master's in that. Yeah. So that I'd be kind of moving out of the childcare sector completely but into a new, a new different environment, but still working with children. And it's, I think my childcare background will have, will be very beneficial in the play therapist role too. Exactly. Exactly. But like, I don't know about you, if, if you would have got this, but I remember I used to work while I was in college, um, for summertime, I used to work in, um, just our local shop on the tills and, you know, people come in, you'd have to be chatting with customers and they'd say, oh, you know, when are you going back to college or what are you doing in college, making conversation? And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, like, I used to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing childcare. And they'd say, oh, yeah, and um, are you, you're going on to do teaching, is it? And I'd say, no, no, I'm, you know, just, I'm doing childcare. Yeah. And they just couldn't. And they'd say, Jesus, you know, you just got such a bad reaction yeah. from people. And it really kind of knocked your confidence. And I remember actually kind of changing my wording. Um, I was so conscious of it. And um, the people would come in and ask me again. And I'd start saying, instead of childcare, you'd start saying, I'm doing um, early childhood care and education. Do you know what just <laughs> Beefing it up a bit. <laughs> exactly. And like, there was no need for that. I should have just, you know, but it's very hard customer after customer to say, you know, actually you're wrong. It's so valuable. It's, you know, I think it's just kind of would have fallen on deaf ears if you try to go in and explain it. But then again, that's coming from possibly a generation who, you know, cause even like we used to go to childminders after school and there'd be maybe six of us inside in the house. And yeah. that was it. There was no such thing as going to a crash or, and that's not that long ago, you know? Yeah. So I yeah, no, I've definitely gotten the same reaction. Maybe not so much for people um, at home in Ireland, but over here, especially cause, um, Shane would be in marketing and I'd sometimes tag along to some of the events and you get the question so what do you do and I always yeah. just answer childcare, and then there's no response they can't they can't make conversation with you because you don't work with computers you don't work in the tech industry like and they just kind of turn around and walk away <laughs> yeah I know what you're saying it, we're, we're looked upon as either babysitters or a stepping stone into another career yeah, and it can be very disheartening, like just in case there's anyone listening who, you know, is finishing off their degree in childcare or is kind of thinking of going into the field, like it can be very disheartening. And especially in Mary I, and like we can obviously cover this at a different time as well. But like, you know, we were just stereotyped so much and especially because we were in the same college as we'll say teachers or whatever yeah. and you know it was all great fun and people you slide the course or whichever and you'd kind of just you laugh know um, laugh it off or whatever and you kind of just be half thinking god if a child is to do nothing um until they start school like it's going to be a lot more extra effort for the primary school teacher when they get to school yeah, I think, I think early education is like the foundation for the learning. You know, you learn so many valuable life skills, I think, in the early years from, you know, birth to three, four years until they go to school. Not just education, but social skills and life skills and practical skills. You know, things that you wouldn't be focusing so much on in the first year of primary school. It is important. And 
I think people, even the course that I did in UCC, you were saying, I did get, we even got the same questions like, oh, and are you doing this course to get into teaching? And I was sitting there going, no, I'm just doing this course to do this course. <laughs> um, but a lot of the people that I went to college exactly. with became teachers after the course ended. And I would have been the same. I have absolutely nothing against primary teachers, but I don't think I could be a primary teacher. It would drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's, as I was saying before, everyone has their strengths, which I think just needs to be respected a small bit more, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we used to get slagged. I remember studying for our exams and they'd say, oh, sure, what would you be doing when you're colouring inside the lines for the exams? You know, these kind of comments. And if you were to look at what we were doing and what the primary teachers were doing, like a lot of our subjects would have overlapped, mm -hmm. you know, with child development and everything. So it's just, I suppose, people just need to be a bit more conscious um, and you know what, I think as well, um, childcare practitioners need to be a bit more outspoken and, a, you know, like, I suppose the first major thing, the protest um, yeah. a few months ago, you know, that was kind of the first time ever yeah. that anyone, but, you know, I'd like to see a bit of a controversial comment, but I would like to see how many practitioners didn't go and for no reason. Um, you know what I mean? I understand if people have circumstances that they can't and um, they couldn't have gone that day. But if you just took the day off and didn't go and then you're complaining about your wages or your, you know, anything to do with work, then... Then are you uh, in the right field of, you know, exactly. is that the right profession for you? Exactly. Yeah. I remember getting off um, or getting out of the car and... and I drove up with a colleague of mine and we got to um, the Red Cow. We got on the Lewis right there. And I just got out of the car and didn't know what to expect. You know, they were saying the numbers were going to be relatively low. We weren't sure how many was going to turn out. And just seeing like a sea of all different colors of uniforms and flags and banners. And I started getting emotional. I was like, I can't cry now. It's only like six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but then when you got into the city and you just saw the amount of people that were in the city <laughs> like it made you feel like we're a part of something bigger than just your service like all these other people are in the same boat and that they care about this too you know and exactly. you, you did have the few that stayed at home but yeah no like you know the majority um you know did go and look there was people who had valid reasons that they just couldn't you know with kids and families and everything um which is completely understandable but um and you know they did their part outside of that yeah um if, if, if they couldn't go I suppose if you're not really willing to um do anything about it or um kind of speak up nothing's going to change exactly you know and um and I suppose it does like the major thing and I suppose we will be going into all these topics in depth um another time but I suppose a small bit kind of stems from um, there definitely is a kind of because you have the private sectors and the community crashes, you know, there is a bit of a, a gap between the two of them as well, you know, um, which I think a lot of the, the trouble kind of comes from. But look, hopefully down the line, that'll, that'll help. And, you know, what, over kind of lockdown and stuff, they, ha they have, you know, given a good bit of funding and stuff. Yeah, for they have. Open and stuff as well. So I suppose that's kind of a good 
on a positive note to bring that away you know yeah. reopening grants and all that as well um i know it mightn't be much to some people but you know at least they're kind of um giving they're us acknowledging us. or you know kind of exactly exactly so it's it gives us some bit of hope you know you have the primary schools and the secondary schools will strike no problem um but it took the childcare sector a lot of convincing like i think morally it took us a lot of convincing because in our heads we went but if we don't go to work that day then those parents can't go to work that day and those children can't yeah. go to school that day <laughs> and no one else thinks like that we're the only no. sector that thinks like that it's um yeah like i remember hearing about it and um you know speaking to my boss and you know like kind of half dreading telling yeah. some of the parents that no actually we won't and they did i mean there was you know in fairness now the majority of parents were very supportive um and you had some parents as well which i can understand you know parents have to go to work um but that you know if we're closing tomorrow but it just i suppose that's what we had to do to show the effect that if all the credits closed now that was only for a day so i can only imagine what would happen if we if we shut for the week i think the whole place would would shut down you know yeah. i think it's, it's important that people kind of see and um, you know because you look at people in I, what would be classified as kind of like a a good profession you know or um maybe in this high paying job but you know they couldn't go to work if they didn't send their kids into a crash yeah so exactly yeah. like we we effectively shut down a lot of the country um back in february with that one protest that one day that we went so I do think a lot of people recognize the importance of having a creche or a preschool or a daycare to send their children to. And a lot of the parents were acknowledging afterwards, you know, God, we're very grateful that you were here and that you're open exactly. all year round. <laughs> you don't have a day off. Christmas <laughs> Eve. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know what I mean? I think that there's just, which, and as I said, we'll be going into all these topics in, in further detail. Yeah. Um, but I suppose one thing that I have noticed from being in the sector is, you know, a teacher, a primary school teacher is a primary school teacher and they know, you know, their role and same with kind of secondary school teachers. But with in childcare, it's just, there's no set. You, I, parents don't even know. I suppose not even parents, sorry, but kind of society in general don't even know what kind of label to put on us. You know what I mean? They're kind of, you know, they they don't really know what to call us, I suppose, as what's our professional title or, yeah. you know. And so I just think there's kind of just a lack of knowledge just throughout society around childcare. Definitely. We went from childminders or babysitters, childminders to childcare assistants. And now hopefully we're starting to learn to you know, develop more into early years educators or early years professionals because, you know, professional, that, that's the title that I wish that we were called from day one because it's a professional job. It's, it might not be a high paying job, but it's a professional job and it's, it's a lot of responsibility and it's, it's a very important job too. Yeah, hugely. Um, I mean, if, if, if somebody came in and just seen the amount of work that goes on inside the crashes or everything that they have to do, I mean, like, you know, it's, you have the cleaning, taking care of the kids, um, you know, writing up curriculums, the amount of paperwork, mm -hmm. you're dealing with parents, 
you've you know what I mean it's just um it's a minefield to get to get your head around Mm -hmm. so I just don't think the credit is given to be fair but yeah and we spoke a little bit about that on our Instagram um this week just a bit about the Ashter curriculum the curriculum used in early education so that's all over on our Instagram if you want to go check that out at little steps big futures we talked about what professionals and educators do daily and how that links to our curriculum exactly yeah so yeah I just think um you know just I suppose to kind of link up everything that I was saying I just think I suppose this podcast I'm just hoping kind of just sheds a bit of light for parents um on kind of the sector in general and just kind of society like I'm just saying parents because I don't know how much other people will actually click on and listen if they don't have a child or they're not you know um but it you know I just think it's definitely a light needs to be kind of you know put on the ins and outs of of our sector in general um not only parents but I think even people educators who have been in the field maybe for 20 odd years it, it evolves and it changed so rapidly it's kind of hard to keep up with it. So even, you know, we're hopeful that it it will be an inform like an informative platform even for them because what they did in college twenty years ago is completely the opposite of what we're learning now. And even since I've been in college six years ago, all of that curriculum is now different again. So you know, not just parents, but I think educators will learn a lot from this too. And we we ourselves will learn a lot from it um, when we bring the guests on. Uh, for various different topics yeah and like there's definitely um like we will be touching on topics have you said because of like we'll say um bereavement and maybe separation and everything like that that just might relate to people who are going through that themselves mm-hmm. you know um I mean there's just so many people involved in in those kind of situations um so it would be you know I'm it will be interesting to kind of delve into those topics Um, and to to kind of learn more around those so you know as you said for educators um, and that's where even for teachers and and everything will come into play as well because I'm sure they're topics that they're dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah exactly and just for even like you said they're the primary school teachers that they kind of listen and learn about what we do daily and it might be helpful for them when they get their junior infants in in September and they say oh well that's why they can do X, Y, and Z because they've learned that since, exactly. you know, since they've been in creche or preschool. So yes, we will stop rambling about exactly. child care for one day. I think we could probably make this a three, four hour podcast if we wanted to. There's only people who want to listen to us for that long, but <laughs> uh, no, but um, yeah, so we're very, we're very hopeful that this podcast will do well. Um, look, I'm just kind of interested, I suppose, and excited for the next the next few and as you said um getting a few guests on and stuff as well at least people will get a break from listening to our voices <laughs> for a while <laughs> but um no i really enjoyed now Aoife so thanks a million thanks we'll for the chat Jenny and we'll talk to you next time thank you for listening to little steps big futures the podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe rate and share And if you have any questions or topics you would like covered, please send us a message on Instagram at Little Steps Big Futures. See you next time.